You are listening to the GTT podcast from the Canadian Council of the Blind. So what I thought I would do is go through the accessibility settings in iOS um, 15. So some of them will be the same as you remember, but some of them will probably be different, a little bit different. We may have to do more than one session on this. So I went, what I'm going to do first is I'm going to go through um, the very basic accessibility settings, what they are, you know, uh, just go through the categories, what's in those categories, what that means, and then specifically go into the blind low vision accessibility settings. So the voiceover and the stuff that really pertains to people with blind low vision. And then we could do another session sometime about the other things and some of the other settings in iOS 15. But I thought that would be enough for now and hopefully it's not too much. I always find when I prepare these presentations, it seems like a lot when I'm writing it all down and I hope that it, it doesn't get overwhelming for people. So I'm just gonna remind people about where the accessibility settings are. So on your iDevice, so your iPhone, your iPad, your iPod Touch. And this would be the case when you're running 14 as well. The accessibility settings themselves have not moved. And uh, there may be a few differences. There won't be maybe a lot of differences, but so in your iDevice, you open settings. And then you go to accessibility. You can also ask Siri to open accessibility settings. Or for example, you can ask Siri to open voiceover settings, for example, if you know that's what you want. You can also customize a gesture to open voiceover settings. For example, I'm just using voiceover as an example, but if it's something you use a lot, you can customize keyboard command, a braille command, or a gesture to open the voiceover settings, um, right? Without you having to go into settings, accessibility, voiceover, you, you can actually, you can do that now if you, if you want to. You could do that in 14 as well. So in your first group of settings, the heading is vision. So if you wanna skip around in the various types of accessibility settings, those would be headings. So you could turn your rotor to headings and swipe down with one finger and you'll get to physical and motor, hearing, etc. if you wanna go through that fast. But the first group will be under vision is at the top. And the first one is voiceover. So I think we all know what voiceover is, but just in case if someone doesn't know, voiceover is the built-in screen reader for use on your iPhone, iPad, iPod Touch, um, also on the Apple Watch, on the Mac. It's all called VoiceOver. And VoiceOver is a screen reader. So it's not Siri reading to you, talking to you. That is more like a voice assistant. A screen reader reads what is on the phone screen. So that's what VoiceOver is, primarily used by people who are blind. Um, your next setting there, uh, or your next group of, of, of settings is Zoom. So this is to magnify your screen for people with low vision. 
So I'm just going through the, the, the basic top level now, and then we'll go back and talk more about the visual setting. So voice over Zoom and the others. So after Zoom, if you swipe right, the next group is display and text size. And we'll go through them, but it includes such things as bold, making your text bolder and, and, and shapes of the buttons different so that maybe you could see them better. Um, so those are, uh, and your next category is motion. Um, you can reduce motion and, and we'll go into that. So this is all still under the vision setting, uh, the vision heading. Your next category is spoken content. So this is speak selection, speak screen. So it would be, it would be like using a limited type of voiceover for someone who has some vision but still wants to use a screen reader some of the time. So that would be the type of person that might use the speak, speak screen um, items. Uh, next is audio descriptions. And this, this is just a toggle. So if it's on, any content that Apple finds uh, in audio will be described. But note, this doesn't mean that audio descriptions will be on for other apps. So say, for example, if you use Netflix app, you need to turn that on in Netflix. Or if you use CBC Gem, for example, I know they have it too in there that you can turn it on in there. Um, but that's all that's included in the blind low vision category. So I'm just quickly go through our other headings. So the next heading is physical and motor. So, Um, the physical and motor category, the first one is touch, and that's assistive touch. So we can talk a little more about that, that later, but it is just helpful to some people. But under physical and motor is something that people with uh, blindness or low vision should know about, face ID and attention. And I'm not quite sure why it's there and not under the visual one, but this is where it is. And so, for example, what that means is when you have a phone and a lot of all of the new phones now, except for the SE 2020, have um, face ID instead of a touch fingerprint ID, which means that it sees your face and it unlocks for you. If you're blind or have low vision, um, it will turn attention off. For face ID. So normally for sighted people, it says it requires attention for the face ID to work. So that means you're really focused on it. Your eyes are focused on it. Well, maybe some of you could leave that on, but for me, my eyes roam around all over the place. I, I have no vision in one and only light in the other, but they're just, they can't focus. So having focus on would probably not help me unlock my phone. So, um, when voiceover is on, Apple automatically turns that um, attention off. So you don't need to worry about it if you get a new phone with the, with the face ID. You don't need to worry about it. It will be off by default, which means it doesn't require, it just requires to see your face. It doesn't require your eyes to be looking at the screen. But you could try turning it on if you're concerned about the security of your phone or someone grabbing your phone and waving it in front of your face or something like that, which is a concern that people had at the beginning. So, um, 
But I guess people with physical and motor disabilities, they may have trouble focusing their eyes as well if, if they're moving and shaky, maybe perhaps. So that might be why it's put in this category. So next to uh, the face ID uh, focus, attention, is switch control. So this is for people using switches, what they put on their wheelchairs or um, they put on their devices and they can control a lot of things with switches. So it's like a button that they can press with their arm or their, their elbow or their, their hand, their finger, to put it on a finger. They have all kinds of different switches and that's for people or on their head, if they can only move their head. And these, um, you can only use them if you have these switches. So you would Bluetooth them to your phone. So if somebody is using these type of devices, they would use switch control. The next setting under this physical motor is voice control. Um, we played with this at the beginning when it first came out. I believe it was in iOS 13. We're very excited about it because we thought it worked well with voiceover and you could say, swipe right, swipe left, double tap. And it worked sometimes, but not all the time. And I have not played with this recently, uh, but I will, I will do that and I can report back um, for that because some people thought, oh, well, that'd be great. I don't have to do the gestures, but it seemed finicky. It didn't work all the time. It was very sluggish. And so, I, I don't, I, I've never used it since. So the next thing is the side button, the click speed. So the side button is the button used to lock your phone or power off your phone. Um, and it means that you can slow that down. If you have to double tap that button to do Apple Pay and you just can't do it fast enough, this is where you would, you would slow down the click speed of that side button. Next, they have Apple TV remote. They said you could use the buttons on your remote instead of gestures. So I don't use that, so I don't know. Um, and next they have keyboards, full keyboard access. So using the keyboard to control your phone and sticky keys. So those are within your physical and motor. Your next heading is hearing. And the first setting is hearing devices. So again, like switch control, the hearing devices would be hearing aids. So that would be something you're, you're, you have um, worked on with your audiologist and you've bought the right hearing aid and you can Bluetooth it to your phone. And a lot of people are using those very successfully. Um, so if you are using that, that would be where you would go into this. The next one, and I think this is new in iOS 15, is sound recognition. So say there are certain things you're having trouble hearing. Uh, maybe the sound of your doorbell, you can't hear that anymore, or your dog barking or your cat meowing or something. You can turn that on for certain sounds and you can, you can uh, your phone will alert you. It will listen for certain sounds and it will alert you when it hears that. So that could be helpful for people. Um, the next one is TTY. So that's for people with, who are deaf that are typing to people instead of hearing on the call. Um, audio visual headphone accommodations. So there's, there's, there's some accommodations. One of the new things in iOS 15 is background sounds. So this is under the hearing category. And say you're working away or you're in a loud environment or you're trying to go to sleep and you want 
to hear um, certain sounds in the background. You can play sounds in the background like the ocean or, or you know, crickets or nice soft nature sound, things like that. Um, and, and this can help people that need to focus or need to relax. And so that, that can be a good thing. Um, the next one is mono, mono audio. So if you hear primarily in one ear, uh, you might wanna turn this on your phone because even with voiceover, if there's something in stereo where one thing is coming in one ear and something else is in the other and you really can't hear that, you might wanna turn that on mono audio and then it will be the same in both ears. So that, that can be useful. Um, LED flash for alerts. So that's for someone probably totally deaf that instead of alerts or when they get an alert, they might get a flash of light so that, uh, you know, cause they kind of might not hear the alert but they could see those things. Um, subtitles and captioning. So again, that's for um, people who, you know, need, um, want to read those, the captioning, the subtitles. Um, I have tried doing a little bit of that with Braille and it did work okay. Um, it was a bit overwhelming for me because I was trying to listen to audio description and kind of read some of that. And so I, I found it too much, but certainly um, that's possible. The next heading is guided access. And it, can, it controls what we can use and, and not use from within an app. So for example, if you're setting up a phone for someone who has memory loss or has intellectual disabilities and they want things to be very simple, they, they wanna open mail and just send a mail or read a mail. They don't want any of this other stuff in there or they want to open the phone app and just have the keypad come up or something like that. That would be where you would set up guided access. The next heading is Siri. So there's a few things we want to remember in, in with, within Siri. Type to Siri. So that came out maybe in uh, 14 or 13. And that lets you type to Siri instead of talking to Siri. So there's a few people that find this very helpful. Um, if you're deaf blind, uh, sometimes it's helpful. Sometimes if your, your speech is very difficult to understand or you might have a disability where your voice is very, very quiet, it might be easier if you can type to type to Siri. The other time might be, you might turn it on when you're in a meeting or something and you think you might wanna ask Siri some questions, but of course you don't wanna do it, you know, uh, you don't wanna talk to Siri while there's other people around perhaps, or you wanna ask it personal question or to call this person or, you know, you, so typing to Siri, you can turn that on and you can turn it off if you want to. Um, and the next thing, is the accessibility shortcut. So the accessibility shortcut used to be triple click home and it is still for those of you running a seven, an eight, an SE one or an SE, SE 2020. Um, but for the rest of you, it is the side button on the side of your phone. And what this is, is it tells you when you do that, it will turn on or off accessibility. So say it will turn off voiceover and turn it back on. But if you have uh, more than one thing you like to use, say you have a little bit of vision, you like to use voiceover, you also like to use Zoom, you could have both of them in there. And so then when you triple click the side button or the home button, it will ask you which one you want. 
So you can, and if you have different disabilities, say you need like assistive touch or you need switches, but you also need voiceover, you could have them both turned on then. Um, and this, uh, this is a very good thing. But now, for example, with me, I just asked Siri to turn voiceover on or off now. I don't really use that triple click as much as I used to because Siri will do it. So say I'm in a store and I want to scan something on my phone or they want to see my vaccine certificate um, in a restaurant or something, I will just say turn voiceover off and then they will look at it and then I'll turn it on again so that you know we don't have any problems with them not being able to use my phone or my phone screen being black or any of that. Um, that. So that's all that's included within uh, the accessibility settings. Those are the big categories. But now we're going to go into detail in VoiceOver. So when you open VoiceOver or when you get to VoiceOver, you'll hear VoiceOver on. You can double tap on that. Don't worry, that's not a toggle. It's not going to turn VoiceOver off. You can just double tap on that and you're going to get into your settings. So at the very top, it mentions what voiceover does. It describes a few of the most common gestures, like the one finger double tap and swiping, you know, just to get people started a little bit, which is helpful. And then there's a button called voiceover practice. And I think most of us know about that, but it's a very useful place to be, both for gestures, for keyboard commands, and for braille. Um, display commands too. So if you go into that area, anything you do on the screen, it's going to tell you what that does. So if you're learning a gesture and you're not sure if you're doing it right, if you go in there, double tap, and then you swipe right. If you're doing it right, it will say swipe right, next item, or swipe left, previous item. Or if you have a new Braille display and you go in there and you want to know what this key does, it's not a typical key on the Braille keyboard. It's just some other key. Um, you might then say to yourself, what does this, what does this do? And then you can, um, you know, you can press it and it will tell you. And if it doesn't say anything, then it's not programmed to do anything. Same with the Bluetooth keyboard. Sometimes you might think, what is this? What, what, key, does, what key is this? What does it do? So that's very useful. And then you can hit done or do your two finger scrub. So take your two fingers and scrub them left and right across your keyboard to get out of that. Um, so after voiceover practice, um, okay, just a sec. I just have to find it because I just jumped to the wrong, to the wrong thing. Just one second. I'm just going back. Okay, um, so the thing about the practice area too is you can also do this with Braille screen input, which is very handy. Um, so Braille screen input means you're writing Braille on the screen. And so if you are doing that for the first time, some of the gestures that you use are a little bit different and you can do that with that. Um, you can also do that I think too with the handwriting. So the practice area is very useful. 
And if someone is new to a device, I really recommend they use it quite a lot until their gestures are down pat. Um, because it's nothing as frustrating as doing gestures which you think are right and they're not. So it's, it's really good to, to use the practice. So after your voiceover practice, you have your speaking rate. So that's the speed at which your screen reader speaks. So it's adjustable um, with one finger sliding up or down. It adjusts in 5% increments. So it'll go from 60 to 65 or 60 to 55. Uh, you're swiping up to go faster and down to go slower with one finger. Then you have a button that's named speech. So this is all your speech settings within voiceover. So when you double tap on this, you have the voice you're using. So it's gonna say the voice and the name of the voice. So if it's Alex, Samantha, whatever voice you're using, it's gonna tell you. If you double tap on that voice, you can change it to something else. Next to this, you have pronunciations. I know some of us who have used other screen readers on other systems, they've had that where you can change the pronunciation of a word, say someone's name. Like I imagine Petro's last name, I imagine voiceover might not say it correctly. So if I wanted to type in um, Petro's last name, um, and maybe it does, I don't know. I'll have to ask Petro sometime. Uh, I would type it in phonetically. I would first type it in and then I would type it in phonetically. And then it should change the pronunciation of that word whenever it finds it. So if someone's name is not pronounced correctly and that is bothering you, this is a way to add things to pronunciations. But I find we don't need to, I don't need to use them nearly as much as I used to because each version, the, the screen readers are better at figuring out pronunciations. So um, that's, that's uh, some way to, that's something you can do. Uh, the next is pitch change. And I have never really played with this much, but it's the same as the speech rate increment, but it's for pitch. So you can make your, your voice uh, that's reading you your, your text on the screen sound much higher pitched or much lower pitched. And some people, you know, they like something, they like one way or another way. Um, it's, it's just people's preference, but you can play with that. Um, and again, that's a slider. And again, going up will increase the pitch, make it higher and going down will make it lower. So if you have any hearing loss and you might hear higher pitches less well or lower pitches better or worse, you know, you can play around with that a little bit and see if it makes a difference. Um, and there is a button where you can turn pitch change off. So if you really don't wanna get into it and by mistake change it, um, you can turn that off and then that won't show up there. So that's something, that's the next button. Detect languages. So you can have this on or off. So if this is on, it's gonna read in different languages if it sees them in a text. Uh, if it's off, it will not do this. So the one problem that's happened for me before is it will read in a different language say when it sees a text in a signature or a name in a different language. And sometimes it doesn't flip back for a while. So I mostly leave this off, but you can definitely turn this on, especially 
if you read in many different languages. Um, then you have the languages included, included in your rotor. So remember, this doesn't just mean English, Spanish, French, German. It can be the various kinds of English. So I have British English, American English, Irish English, all in my router because I like different voices from them. And sometimes I switch to another voice. If I'm reading a British book in Voice Dream Reader, I sometimes switch to a British voice. And I don't know, I just like that. So remember, you can add those languages to your router. Or if you speak French, you can add French from France and French Canada from there. Or if you speak other languages, you can add them in your rotor. And then when you turn your rotor to language, you can flick down and you can change the language right on the fly like that. So that can be very handy. So in the English ones, you have US, English, UK, India, Ireland, South Africa, and Australia. So that's all that's in speech. So next to speech is Braille. And so this is for people using Braille displays, electronic displays that Bluetooth to your device, your phone, or your iPad. And they, you can read what's on your phone in Braille, which is what I do all of the time running these meetings. You can also write in Braille uh, on the device and it goes to your phone. And also Braille screen input. So I mentioned this briefly, but it's a way of you turn your phone and you type in Braille on the screen of your phone and it writes. So um, these are, <coughs> excuse me, the things you can do in the Braille settings. You can set output, so that's what you're reading, and input, what you are writing, to, you can set Braille screen input, um, and Braille tables, and choosing status cells, so giving you some information. Equations use Nemeth code, that's for math. You can set show on screen keyboard to be on or off, even when you're typing in Braille. Turn pages when panning. So this is if you're reading a book, you want it to turn automatically or not. Uh, and word wrap. So if you have a small display especially, and it's only one line of text, so you might want it to just keep, put as many letters as possible on the display every time. And, Braille alert messages, how long they stay on your screen. Ignore chord duration. So this is for special commands that, you, that are called chord commands in Braille. Um, auto advance. So you can now in iOS, I think 14 it started, you can set it to auto scroll your Braille display. So since there's only one line of text, you can set it at a certain rate to just move to the next line automatically. You're not having to press a key every time. And then there's choose a Braille display to pair. So we won't go into depth about that because that's other groups and other presentations we have done that. So we're gonna back out of Braille. And our next button is voiceover recognition. So these are the things that voiceover recognizes. Um, you can turn each of these on or off. And they're more later phones. So someone mentioned they had an, an eight. Uh, I don't know how much of this works on them. And this isn't tied to iOS 15. It's more the power of the older phones can't um, interpret some of these things. 
So under voiceover recognition, you have image descriptions. So this can be on or off. So this could be for images of, uh, of apps or on the web. You can, you can, you can see all, um, any kind of images. It will try to describe them. And screen recognition. So this is to make apps that are inaccessible more accessible. So you probably wouldn't use it on something that is already accessible because that wouldn't make any sense. But if you come across an app that has button, 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 uh, you might wanna turn screen recognition on for that app and see if it makes any difference. So text recognition, it can be on or off. And again, this is description of text found in images. Um, feedback style. If it finds something to recognize, you can do nothing. You can play a sound or you can speak. So you could speak what it is. So you can decide the feedback style. Like as soon as it sees an image, do you want it just to beep? And then you'll know there's one or do you want it to describe it right away? So that those are the options under voiceover recognition. So we'll go back out of there. And the next one is verbosity. So ver verbosity means how much or how little something speaks. So for example, punctuation, you can have it set to all, some or none. So you can read all your punctuation, you can read some, which I think most of us have set to some, or you can read none of that. Um, speak hints. So this is to give you hints of what you can do, especially while you're learning voiceovers. So sometimes, you know, you'll get to something and it'll remind you to double tap to open that or activate that or um, swipe down for this. Uh, so it's really good for people learning voiceover, but I also think it's really good for anyone learning a new app. Sometimes on a new app, you don't know what's available to you. Sometimes you can turn them on for a new app. Um, and once you're experienced, then, you know, you can turn them, turn them off. Always speak notifications. So that can be on or off. So again, that's, that's your choice. Do you want it just to beep and then you check them later or do you want it to speak them right away? Um, quick nav announcements. This is when you turn quick nav on or off. So if you're using a keyboard, for example, the left and the right arrows together will turn that on or off. On a braille display, it's spacebar with Q, cord Q. And that means that just pressing the right arrow will move you to the next item and you don't have to press all kinds of keys. So um, the announcements, you can have it play a sound when it changes, quick nav on or off. You can have it speak, like say quick nav on, quick nav off, change pitch um, or braille, like only in braille displays or do nothing. So here's something new that I find very good, flashlight notifications. So you can have these on or off. I have them on, so it's a toggle button. If you double tap it, it goes on or off. And what that means is if by chance, by mistake, you turned on your flashlight, which I have done a couple of times because it's on the lock screen, um, and it drains your battery really, really fast. And also your phone is like in your pocket, like with a light beam coming out of it. Um, 
So it's going to tell you if you've turned on your flashlight by mistake. So that is very nice, actually. I'm, I'm happy about that. The next one is what to do when you're typing capital letters. Um, you can have it speak the word cap. You can have it play a sound, change pitch, or do nothing. So again, uh, the same with deleting text. You can have it speak the word delete, play a sound, change pitch, or do nothing. Um, links. Again, you can, it will say the word link. You can play a sound. You can change pitch or do nothing. And actions the same. So actions, you want it to speak, play a sound, change pitch, or braille, or do nothing. So actions are when there's actions on an item, when you can swipe up or down to do something. Um, more content, the same options. And container descriptions, um, you can have them on or off. So containers are more uh, those two columns that you have on an iPad. Um, the second column is like a container. And so you can turn those on or off. Then um, for numbers, this is still under verbosity. For numbers, you can have them spoken in words. So it would say 6001. Or in digits, it would say 6001. So like a phone number or, or words. And that's up to you how you have them set. Next, you have table output. So what you hear when you have a table, when you come across the table, you can turn on the table headers, the row and the column numbers. And you can just uh, turn those on or off as you like. Rotor actions. So this speaks the confirmation and tells you you did what you think you did in the rotor. So you can turn this on or off. So um, for example, if you're swiping up or down in your rotor and it says a speech rate and you want to change it, the swipe up, it's going to tell you 75%, 80%. If you don't want to hear that, you just want to do it, uh, just turn that off. Emoji suffix, if you turn that on, it says emoji before every emoji. Otherwise, it'll just say smiley face. So again, that's what you can change if you want to. Media descriptions, they can be off or they can be speech, braille, or speech in braille. So that's for closed captioning and things like that. So we're going to back out of verbosity and we're going to go to audio. And audio has sounds and haptics. So you can customize what sounds you hear. So it's really kind of cool. I think this started in iOS 14. If you only want to hear certain sounds, and these are the sounds that voiceover makes when you do a gesture. So say you like it, the swipe right sound, you know, and the swipe left sound, or say you really want it to play the sound when you double tap on something to know that it's going to open. You can turn those on and you can turn other ones off. So it used to be you just have sounds on or off, but now you can have whatever sounds on or off you want to. And um, that is very nice. Um, the audio, audio ducking, you can have that on or off. So again, that's when you're, say when you're listening to a book and then a notification comes on, and tells you you have a message from so-and-so. 
if audio ducking is on, the book will duck down kind of like when a radio announcer comes in in the middle of a song and then save the notification and then the book uh, volume will pick up again. If audio ducking is off, the book will just stay at the same sound and the, the, the announcement will probably be a bit harder to hear. So it's kind of up to you what you like to have it uh, set to. There's auto select speaker in call. So it kind of decides if you're using a speaker or, or earphones. Um, send to HDMI, so that's sending to another device. And then headphone channels. If, for example, you only want voiceover to come in one ear, you can set it to be your left channel on and right off, or vice versa. And some people do this if they're listening to voiceover with one ear and say listening to a computer with another or some other, some other device. So they might choose to do this in that instance. So that's all in audio. We're going to back out of there. And then we get to commands. So these are where you can add or change or customize your gestures your braille displays or your Bluetooth keyboards. So we won't go into how to do that. We could do that another time. Um, if people want that, you can let me know. But it's a really powerful thing that you can change what your gestures do, what your keyboard does and what your braille display does. And there's a lot of things you can customize. I know a lot of people change the rotor from the twisting of the fingers like a knob into two fingers swipe left or right, things like that. Uh, the next one is handwriting, and that's for, um, oh, handwriting and braille screen input. You can also customize gestures. I'm sorry about that. Uh, the next thing after commands is activities, and you can program voiceover settings for certain apps. So say, for example, you have apps where you want it to read all your punctuation. So that could be in any kind of word processing apps, um, you want to change punctuation, but just for those apps, you can set up activities for certain apps. And again, we could do a presentation on that if you if you would like that. Um, and then we have rotor. So in here, you can decide what you want in your rotor. Because some people say they turn their rotor, they turn their rotor, there's way too much stuff there, and it's so busy and active, and they, they want less stuff in the rotor. So what happens is you double tap each item to check or uncheck it in the rotor. And if you double tap it, it will say checked or not checked. So you can take stuff out of your rotor that you never use. You can put stuff into your rotor that you think could be helpful. And, and so that's a really good uh, menu to go through. Um, the next is rotor actions. And it just says allow editing apps on screen. So if you swipe down when you're in your home screen, it'll say start editing. So that's that's pretty much it for that one. And the next is typing. So you have typing style and you can choose between touch typing. So that's where if you're typing on your screen of your phone, when you move your fingers around, when you lift your finger, that puts the letter in. Standard typing means when you slide your finger around, in order to put the letter in, you have to double tap each letter that you want. Um, direct touch typing, uh, I don't use it. It's, it's sort of strange where you're kind of sliding your fingers around and then lifting them and 
I don't find it useful at all. So I don't, I don't really use it. Um, under this phonetic feedback, you can have that on or off. So that is when you type an A after a second, it says alpha. So if you really, you want to hear, um, because sometimes, you know, you're in a loud environment and the sound between like a C and a D and a G and a B and a P, maybe you want to hear those words to make sure you put in the things that you, you said you did. Um, so that's the phonetic feedback. Typing feedback. So the good thing about this typing feedback is you can have different typing feedback for different things. So for example, um, the first thing is soft, um, the software keyboard. So that's what's on your screen. They call it a software keyboard. And for example, for me, for that one, I want to characters and words on for my on-screen keyboard because I'm not as confident to know that I'm putting in the right letters all the time. So I like it to say whenever I lift my finger, it tells me what character I put in and what word I put in. Um, but I'm a good fast typer. And so for hardware keyboards, so that's like a Bluetooth keyboard, I don't want it saying all every character I type because I'm a good fast typer and I'm a good touch typer. I know where things are. So I just want that set to words. So you can change, you can have one B characters, one B words, or one B characters and words, or you can have nothing, <laughs> characters, words, or characters and words. Um, so also braille screen input, you can also have it set to characters and words, which I do actually, I have that set to characters and words as well. Um, modifier keys. So if you're using a Bluetooth keyboard, um, the control and option keys were the first keys that, that made voiceover gestures. So control option H would be like pressing your home button. And then they put in the caps lock could also be that. So you could just press caps lock H. So you can have it set where Caps lock H and the control option H do that, or one or the other. So you can you can decide. Um, keyboard interaction time. I haven't changed this. So the next category is quick settings, and this is new in iOS 15. So those of you who have not updated, uh, this is a new thing, which is really quite good because it gets you to settings really fast, the settings that you might use the most. And you get into it from anywhere with a two finger quadruple tap. So you're gonna tap two fingers four times and it opens your quick settings. So it's kind of like the rotor. You can put in there what you wish and there's a lot of items there and you can select what you want in your quick settings menu. Um, there's like navigation style, um, navigate images, oh, oh. Okay, I'm sorry. So I'm jumping ahead of myself. So I'm not going through everything in the quick settings menu, although we could sometime if that's something people want to do. Our next heading is navigation style. So you can have it flat or grouped. So this is new in iOS 15 and grouped. I don't really see a reason for it to be grouped, but they, they have that option there. I haven't really seen the benefit of that. Um, navigate images, you can have it set to always or with descriptions or never. Um, large cursor, you can have it on or off if you have a little vision. And caption panel, you can have on or off. 
Um, double tap timeout. So I know Nolan can speak to this. He's had to change this, make it a little slower. So when you double tap on the screen, if there's any kind of dexterity issues in your hands or your fingers, you double tapping, um, if it doesn't register as a double tap, you can slow this down. Um, and that's all that's in voiceover. So we're gonna go through the other vision items quickly. There's a lot less in them. So we'll quickly go through them uh, and then we can open it up for questions. Um, so after voiceover, there's Zoom. So Zoom can be turned on or off. You can zoom in to follow, um, follow the focus on the cursor or on smart typing. So you can turn these on or off. You can have your zoom um, to follow focus, focus on your screen or also to focus on your typing. And these are toggles. Smart typing means text is zoomed in, but the keyboard is not. So your text, your keyboard stays the same. The text gets bigger. Um, keyboard shortcuts can be on or off. And there's several shortcuts for Zoom if you have a Bluetooth keyboard. Zoom controller lets you have controls on the screen while zooming. Um, and Zoom filter, you can have inverted colors. You can have none, grayscale, grayscale inverted, low light, maximum zoom level can be adjustable. So that's it for Zoom. So display and text size, you can have bold text that can be on or off, larger text, button shapes on or off, labels, reduce transparency, increase contrast, differentiate without color, and alternatives to color. There's smart invert, it reverses except for images. So if it changes the color, if it's easier for you to see the opposite, but the images stay the same. Classic invert, it just reverses the display. So everything black on the display is light. And color filters, for people who are colorblind or have trouble with colors, uh, you can, you can uh, turn those on or off. Reduce white points, so it reduces the intensity of the bright colors. Auto brightness, you can have it on or off. So we're gonna back out of there. And I'm sorry, I'm not an expert on Zoom. We could get someone who uses it to maybe go through those in more detail and explain that if that's of interest. We get to reduce motion, uh, preferred crossfade transitions, auto play message effects. So sometimes when you get a message, happy birthday, you get balloons or these things, you can turn that on. Video previews, um, and we'll back out of that. That's all that's in there. And we come to spoken content. So you can speak selections. So what your cursor has selected, you can get it to speak or speak. Uh, a speak button will appear when you select text or you can speak the screen. So if you have low vision and you want it to read the whole screen, um, you can do that. Typing feedback, it's similar to what voiceover has and your speaking rate, you can adjust and pronunciations. 
And so that's the end of that. Um, so I think at the very bottom of accessibility settings, you can now have per app settings. So you can customize apps. Um, some of these features are probably not available for older devices. Thank you for listening to the GTT podcast from the Canadian Council of the Blind. There are many ways to get in touch with us. You can call us toll-free at 1-877-304-0968. You can follow our GTT blog at gttprogram.blog. If you'd like to subscribe to our email support list, you can send a blank email to gttsupport plus sign subscribe at groups.io. And you can follow the Canadian Council of the Blind on the web at ccbnational.com.